following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Welcome back inside the TRN Time Machine, sponsored by Retro Days, retro-days, D-A-Z-E dot org, for uh, a whole slew of retro articles and a wonderful community to connect with if you're uh, nostalgia freaks like we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's time to get into it, man. Our favorite Nintendo Entertainment System games. I'm trying to remember, you told the story, I think, about getting your Super Nintendo at Christmas time. When did you get your NES? Oh, man. Uh, buckle up, because this is going to take a second. Uh, <laughs> now, my cousin Tim had got one. I've actually, there's an article up on TRN from pre-launch that we populated the site with about uh, how I fell in love with Nintendo. And I tell this story, but uh, my cousin Tim, who was our neighbor, had got one, quickly fell in love with it, and was begging for one. But I went several weeks without one, and then... I don't know what was going on. Maybe my dad's business had come into some a, a good little smack of money because we went out to Bristol one night and he bought a new entertainment center. Back when you used to have to buy all the pieces individually, when you had yeah. a, a CD player, a cassette deck <laughs> and all this stuff, and it was all wired into one central thing yeah. with the speakers. Yeah. And he bought that. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. And then we ended up going to my favorite store, Heels, and... Lo and behold, just totally out of the blue. This is like on a random Tuesday or Wednesday school night. You know, we bought uh-huh. the Nintendo Entertainment System. Wow. So remember seeing commercials where they changed the slogan to like Hills is where the games are or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> the little elf is uh, touting their, their video game selection. And yeah, that was a that was a huge deal. The first time I remember like encountering an NES was at Hills as well, and there was a line down that aisle where they had uh, a Nintendo Entertainment System set up, and right next to it was the Sega Master System. I might have told this story before on here, but there was a line waiting to play Super Mario Brothers, and nobody over here on the Sega Master System with the, I think it was the uh, missile defense or something with the zapper gun they had set up. But that was my first interaction, just watching it. And it was an event just to watch somebody, you know, play Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. And I had a similar experience that we'll get to on my list. But I ended up getting the Sega Master System because my neighbor friend Tim up the road had a Nintendo. So I got my Nintendo fix up there. I had the Sega. He would come down and we'd play my Sega games together. So we had that kind of... Back and forth where we could try a a whole bunch of new games, not just uh, Nintendo at the time. But I didn't get mine. I I bought one secondhand, not until uh, my early days in high school. So maybe like freshman year. So that would have been like 1990, somewhere around in there. So it was like, you know, five years had passed since uh, it had been out before I got my own. I want to say I got mine in 86 and I didn't get the cool standard set with Mario and Duck Hunt. Mine come with a book. It didn't come with a game. So what? yeah, it was a it was this big thick catalog looking book and it featured about 40 Nintendo games in it. 
not really cheat codes and stuff, but there'd be some maps in it for each of the games and things. But so, 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 so that was like uh, just teasing you, uh, yeah, to, to go out and buy some games. Come on, yeah. you got the system. Here's forty games. Go out and buy some. <laughs> but that's kind of how I pinpoint when I got my system was because all the originals, you know, had Mario Duck Hunt and and the the Zapper Gun. So mine must have been like a second run, but it was okay. I mean, because at the same time that night we picked up a couple of games, one of which I'm going to talk about on my list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, uh, so yeah, it was still a good, a good experience. And I was the only person who had that book that I knew of. And all my friends at school wanted to borrow it. They were just amazed (laughs) because you, you know, if I know you can remember the days before the internet and everything at your fingertips, you only got to see these screenshots from a lot of these games in something like that. So, But uh, we also had a big trader's market at school of swapping and borrowing games. There was a bunch of us kids who would swap games. So Mm -hmm. even though you didn't have to own a lot of games where I went to school to play a lot of games, because we had probably 12 kids who would share games. And if everybody had three, that's 36 total cartridges. I'd say at least 25 of them were different. So you had a lot of, a lot of games to play. That's cool. Do you remember ever like buying a, a game on your own? Like your first game? Oh, this is my game. I do. And it's on my list. I'll tell okay. you All right. in a little while. My, uh, I, I remember buying one brand new game by the time, gosh, I was, I was in college. So it was like 96. We were, there's this like local mom and pop store, kind of like big lots, I would say. And they had, for some reason, like brand new Nintendo games. And I brought my Nintendo and my Genesis to uh, college. And I bought the Star Wars Nintendo game, brand new, Mm -hmm. in the box. I wish I still had it, but for some reason I sold it on eBay. Uh, I guess I needed some money or something. But that was the only game I remember buying brand new. Because by the time uh, I was in high school, there was a local trading post that we would go down and you could swap a game for a dollar. Yeah. Swap I think a card. Yeah. Oh gosh. That was so great. And if you had the book, you could swap a, for a game without a book for free. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was great. It was just a great little system. And you know, you, if you like the game, you keep it. If, and you just go buy another one there for, you know, dirt cheap or you beat it. You're like, okay, I'll let me get something else. And you know, for a dollar, you can't beat that man. Yeah, going through all the wish, catalogs there. So, I wish we'd have had that where I grew up. One more question before we get onto our list: Did your parents ever play games with you? That also will be covered on my list. In a little <laughs> okay. <while. laughs> uh, as far as Nintendo goes, uh, that's a big no for me because by that time, yeah, that was just not going to happen. But Early on, when I first got my Atari 2600, my dad would sit down with me, and we would play this game called Freeway, which is like Frogger, and you were this chicken going up. He just had to go from the bottom to the top. There was no side motion, and then all this traffic, and then whoever made it the most times would win. And there was also one, I think, called Fishing Derby. I had a lot of Activision games. And you would uh, you'd be this fisherman, and you, you would move the pole down and try to catch fish and bring them up. And there's this shark at the top that you had to avoid, or he would eat the fish. 
before you got it up to the surface. But that was the only time I remember like my parents getting into video games. Most of the time it was shut that nonsense off, you know, (laughs) go outside, go do something, (laughs) which I still tell my kids nowadays. (laughs) So the circle of life has been uh, completed in that regard uh, as far as video games. But uh, all right, well, let's get into it, man. What is your number five pick on your list for favorite Nintendo games? It's really hard to put these in order. My top three is a concrete order. Everything else on my list could be fluid. So like I was telling you in between segments, this is a topic we can always revisit with five more of our favorite games and we could talk forever. But uh, for today, I'm going to put number five on my list, Super Mario Brothers 3. Okay. I never owned Super Mario Brothers for Nintendo. My cousin Tim got Super Mario Brothers 2, and I played it and didn't like it. Now, I like the original Super Mario Brothers. I just play it at Tim's. But uh, it was kind of hard to really enjoy the first Super Mario Brothers when you're always having to be Luigi, and he's taking 30, 40 minutes at a time (laughs) to play. Yeah, um, yeah your turn to last like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's had all the practice. Yes. So Super Mario Brothers 3 came along and it had all the powerful promotion from Wizard movie and the Happy Meals promotion and stuff. It was a big deal as a kid when Super Mario Brothers 3 came out. And uh, that was a game I ended up getting and loved it just for the fact that it was my own Mario game. And the gameplay was really good. You know, they introduced a lot of new elements in that game, like hopping around in the boot and the raccoon suit and the frog suit and the warp whistle and the layout of moving from world to world was different. And it was just exciting. It was my favorite entry into the Mario brothers world until super Mario world came out for super Nintendo. And then I've not played any Mario incarnations beyond super Mario world. So I can't speak for, <laughs> for modern versions, but uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Yep, number five on my list today. Well, I uh, my bottom three was, was kind of like you. I could mix and match here. I put Super Mario Brothers 3 at number three on my list. Uh, it was just mind-blowing. And I had played Super Mario Brothers up the street with my neighborhood friend uh, Tim's house. And just getting the motion of that. And I remember getting to the point where we could not figure out that final level, which is like a, you got to go here and here and here uh, on the platforms to make it to Bowser at the very end. And we just, it was just like an endless maze. We couldn't figure out the, the, how to get past that. And I don't remember how we found out probably through like Nintendo power magazine or something how to finally beat super Mario brothers. Uh, but I was deep into that world, you know, early on when it first, when the console was first released, uh, super Mario two, I probably didn't play until after super Mario three. Hmm. So I didn't have anybody that had it. I remember, I, I think it was one of the trading games that I, I got Mario two and I made it through. I went and beat the game. I felt like an accomplishment too, like more of an accomplishment than doing, number one or number three, uh, for some reason, I don't remember it being, uh, uh, any more difficult or it was just a different game. It's hard to compare Mario two to one and three in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. It just feels um, different. It feels right. like they had a game in mind 
and then they slapped Mario on it to make it marketable. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, they incorporated yeah. it into another game they had. But. Well, I have watched, there's a, a great documentary, a short documentary from the gaming historian on YouTube on Super Mario Brothers 2. And it tells you that they had some sequel developed that was just, they thought that uh, it was too hard. Too hard for those Americans over there. So, they, <laughs> so I think they actually did what you're talking about. They had something else developed and rebranded it into Super Mario Brothers 2. Which is, you know, like I said, it's it's totally different. I always played as Princess Peach because she could float like for a little bit if you held in the button. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, I was always her on Mario 2. But Mario 3, I, the first time I remember interacting with it, it was my rich friend's house. We It was a birthday party there. And he got it for his birthday. And we plugged it in and we were all just enthralled with him not giving up the controller, but him just playing, you know. And like you said, all the different suits you could do. That one where you're, I can't remember what the name of it is, where you're kind of the raccoon, but you can turn into a statue. Yeah. I always thought that was the coolest one. Mm-hmm. And then the frog suit. Everybody wanted to get the frog suit and then see how well it went in the water versus that kind of up and down motion you got. And, <laughs> you know, the first, it was so much better to have that frog suit, but it sucked when you're on land. You, you couldn't really yeah. do much with it. So, I don't know. It was so cool. And then doing the whole warp whistle thing, getting on the white blocks and holding it in and dropping down and being able to go like behind stuff. Oh my gosh, that was like mind blowing. It was. It's like almost like the game was broken, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's one of those games that if I'm going to fire up the Nintendo, it's like one of the ones that I've got to play before I shut it off. You know what I mean? It's so much fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I put it a little higher on my list at number three. What's another one for you? Number four on my list. And this was, I don't know, maybe, like I said, I could put so much in here. This is so interchangeable. But I'm going with Excite Bike for today. Okay. Because it was the first game I played for Nintendo. And, gosh, for a while after it, that felt really interactive. Because you got to design your own courses if you wanted to. And it's a game my cousin David had. And I would go to his house and play it. And we would set up these custom tracks where it just went on and on and on. And then <laughs> we'd race them, you know. And uh, all the different jumps you could put into it. My favorite thing about Excite Bike was wrecking other people. When you could come down the track with your back wheel hitting their front wheel and they would go rolling. That was just the greatest thing. Uh And uh, all the different, I said jumps already, but all the different jumps and ramps and mud holes and water hazards and those big, long, extended bridge looking things. You could create so much. And I would sit and play that game for hours on end. And I would play the regular mode until I got bored of you know, getting up to the higher levels and losing all the time. And then I'd go start making my own tracks and I could just play it for hours on end. And it's a game that I've played as much or more as just about any other Nintendo game I've ever touched yet. I never owned it. I, I had so many people who owned it that I would Mm -hmm. borrow it from. I almost constantly had a copy of it, my possession, but I never actually owned it. Yeah, I was the same way. I'd never owned it, never even got into the whole design your own track thing. The first time I played Excite Bike was actually in an arcade. 
and it was yeah I, I couldn't get the jumps down and it was you know obviously the setup is different from versus the uh nintendo game but it just was never one that i really connected with at least not as much as you did but yeah i i remember it being one that i would pop a quarter in once in a while at the at the arcade at the mall and that was about it well, you said you never really connected with it, but you also said you never got into the design your own track thing. I think right. those two statements go hand in hand. If you had got into the design your own track thing, you would have connected with it, I'm sure. Right. Okay, well, that's a good choice. I know that's a uh, was a popular one for a long time, so can't deny that being a great choice for the list. Number four for me was a game that my friend Tim had. I did not get it until you know later on when I got my own system. Gosh, so many different fun things to do in the game. It wasn't just uh, a game where you did one thing all the time. Skate or die. Mm. Love skate or die. I spent so much time on that half pipe, man. Hours <laughs> on end trying to do those little flips and moving from side to side, dragging the, you know, doing the rail across the whole surface there, racking up points. And I felt like I was an expert. Uh, just like I said, I didn't own the game. It was just going up to Tim's house and he would be even surprised at how much I could points I could rack up on the half pipe. Uh, <laughs> the, the fun thing to do was when you had two players like me and Tim and you get on that swimming pool joust where you're going back and forth, you got that huge jousting, like, you know, like they do on the <laughs> gladiators yeah. and trying to knock them off the skateboard, you know, as you're going up and down that swimming pool. That was so much fun. And then just that little where you're going through the city and you can jump on cars and weave in and out and just do, you know, crazy stuff. And it's going from the top to the bottom. I don't remember any other game where you had like a top to bottom track almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah so that was like that was very unique in that way, too. And I don't know. I spent so much time on Skate or Die and I was a total skateboard poser. I, I could not ride a skateboard to save my life. So that was my only uh, only way I could be cool is to play Skate or Die. Yeah, that was a game my cousin Jeffrey had that I would borrow from time to time. I never was a huge fan of it, but I played it enough. And I would get, I think while I wasn't a huge fan of it, I'd never really got the hang of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't get an instruction book with it from Jeffrey. And <laughs> just figuring it out on your own was a little difficult. And then I'd kind of quickly give up and go to a game that I knew I liked and could do well at. So, yeah. And I think the down, like the, uh, I don't know if they called it downhill race or something. You could play two players too. So you're, you're kind of doing all those tricks and stuff at the same time. So there was some good like two player action with the game as well. And not just trying to do all those tricks and, I think there was even like a high jump too on the half pipe where you try to go up as high as you can, yeah. you know, build yeah. your momentum up and try to go up really high. So it was fun. It was almost like uh, the X games before <laughs> that even was a thought in somebody's head, you know, <laughs> fun game. Well, speaking of fun two player games and to answer your question earlier about parents playing games with you, my third favorite, my, my top three are rock solid. I mean, there's no debate in the order of these for me. But number three on my list is Tetris. Uh, because for whatever reason, you know, my dad was old school. And he didn't even want 
you to hook the Nintendo up to his television in the living room because, you know, it'll mess up the TV. You know, you play it too much. It'll ruin the screen and, <laughs> and all that stuff. And uh, He would happen to come by every now and then to my room or something. I'd be playing Nintendo and he would look in for a minute or so and then go on. But for whatever reason, Tetris caught his eye and he actually wanted to try it. And I taught him how to, you know, this is pretty simple controls. Even a parent could understand it. <laughs> you hit one button to flip the block and you hit the arrow, <laughs> move it side to side. It's not right, a big right. deal. He got into it and there was a long stretch, three or four months that when he was in town every night, he would be in my room for hours and we would play to see who could get the high score. And that was, it's funny that an old Nintendo game like that, that was probably for most of my young life, that was the most bonding we had ever done. And it was over Tetris. So how could yeah. that not be near the top of my list? And it's also a game that I bought with my money, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the first game I bought with my money. I'll get to it next, but yeah, Tetris was one of those games that um, still holds a lot of nostalgic value. It's that memory of dad playing that game is one of the few memories that launched everything I do online in the retro world is wanting to tell that story way back when on retro junk. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that game's got a a big old nostalgia pull for me. And the fact that the colors were just bright and vibrant and the Russian music into it, and (laughs) it would speed up as you got higher in levels and Oh my God. It would cause your heart to race a little bit. And it was a game that I would play that my hands would get sweaty playing it because you're, you know, it's like, oh my God, I've got 139 lines and it's going so fast. And can I keep it going? And, you know, the music's pumping and your hands are sweating. And oh my goodness, it was an exciting game. Very exciting. That was always my goal. I I wanted to start at level one and I wanted to make it to a hundred levels. If I could make it to a hundred levels, it was a good day, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And it's a game that I remember like when we were first married would break it out and the wife and I would go back and forth and play it. So she, uh, that's one of probably her favorite game from Nintendo era. And yeah, I mean, it was a phenomenon, man. I mean, it was just like tournaments seemed to pop up. You know, you go over to a friend's house uh, for a sleepover or a birthday party or something and do little tournaments so you could get the most lines. And, and like you said, the music, you could change. What was it? I think it was three different tracks. Yeah. So you, you change it to, I always, I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't the the one that was set up. That was like the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy song. Uh, <laughs> I always changed that one to like the second or third choice when doing the music. But Tetris was pretty big in my world. One above that for me, though, would probably be Dr. Mario. Mm. And I remember being uh, at a friend's house and playing that for the first time. I was like, oh, this is so much more fun than Tetris. And it, it's, it's, I don't know if it's simpler or not, but it was just where, you know, you, you, you've got those little virus guys at different parts of the board. So you're not just doing the same thing over and over again. And those change up so you could, the, the boards were kind of different too. And Dr. Mario is one. I even downloaded the mobile game last year when it came out and just to get that, uh, <laughs> you know, feeling of when I first played it. Cause it's, it's great. I love Dr. Mario, but. Tetris, it's a solid pick, man. Solid pick. Uh, so, I, like I said, these uh, first three here for me, I could switch in, in really any order. My top two are the solid ones. 
But uh, the next one I'm going to select is one uh, a favorite of mine and my buddy Wyatt. We would play hours on end, and it's even fun playing against the the computer, even though the the AI of the time wasn't always necessarily fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was either the AI would just speed up until you couldn't, <laughs> you know, you, you just had no chance. Even like, you know, Tetris, that was just the hard, the the hard part of it was they just got faster, you know. But uh, the game is Spy versus Spy. Ah. So great. And, you, you know, there's different levels. So there's the simpler levels that were just like one floor and had like a section of, you know, nine rooms that you could go in. But it was, even like I said, even by yourself, the AI person was as dumb as hell. But <laughs> what you could do is get all the items. You know, the basic premise was you, you have to get this bag, and you got four items, and you got to get through this door with an airplane on it to escape, and you win. Well, I would get all the items, go to that room with the airplane, and pop it in a dresser or wait on those little things that you could hide in and booby trap it. And then I would go back and mess with the AI guy until he was completely dead. And then I would get out of there. <laughs> so, you know, you, you could get like a dagger. There's a dagger and a knife to when you got in the same room, you like fought against each other. But I just love setting the booby traps. You know, you could put like springs in those little TVs and dressers and stuff. You could booby trap the door to drop acid on them. And, <laughs> There was some kind of bomb or whatever you could set in the room that would turn their faces blue, and then he'd just blow up. So, and you got like a time limit. Every time you died, you'd knock like thirty seconds or a minute off your time. So, I would just kill the guy, keep killing until his time was gone. And then you grab your stuff and you exit. But <laughs> we had so many good battles on that game. And once you start adding like two levels to the game, uh, was more fun because then you have to really explore the whole area to get all of the elements and then you'd have those showdowns when you'd find each other but uh gosh love spy versus Pi. the music was a little bit annoying because it's the same song over and over again but uh i don't know we enjoyed that so much together i never played it but uh that was one of my favorite parts of mad magazine all through the years with Spy Absolutely. Spy. So. They did a, uh, just recently I've seen Hot Wheels has some Mad Magazine themed cars. And I've been hunting a Spy versus Spy one. <laughs> just so I could, you know, send it to him for Christmas or something. But, man, we were so, that was like our go-to game when we were together. Loved it. Well, number two on my list was one I played by myself. And I never let anybody borrow it. Because. <laughs> It was the first game I bought with my own money, like your question earlier. But I saved up allowance for a while, and uh, I went to the store not to get this game. I went to get a game, any game, whatever game they had. But the store we ended up at that day was Roses, and they didn't have a very good selection. But uh, just looking at the box art, I can't remember what else was there to choose that day, but I ended up buying Castlevania II Simon's Quest. And in the Mm -hmm. Castlevania trilogy for original Nintendo, this is considered the weakest entry. But it blew my mind because it was the first role-playing game I had played, what I would call an RPG. Because you're Simon Belmont, and you're going to rid the 
the land of the curse of Dracula again. And, but you got to go through these towns and you got to talk to the townsfolk and get clues and you go back and forth, you know, it's a side scrolling game, but you'll go to the right and you'll play for an hour and a half only to find out that you have to go all the way back the way you came and go <laughs> to the left past the original start screen. <laughs> and you'll go that way for like an hour and a half and play just to find out you have to go all the way back to where you started and everywhere you had went the first time, because now the screen is unlocked even farther <laughs> and you're having wow. to collect all these items, you know, to get past different parts of the game. And it was just very aggravating. And there was no like real save feature as far as like, okay, I've played for four hours. I'm going to save it and pick up on it again tomorrow. Yeah, no, no, you got to beat this thing. <laughs> but I got to the point where I would start making notes. Okay. Here's what I got to do here to get past this. And I got, you got to, to get past the lake, you got to put a red crystal in your hand and kneel down for 10 seconds. And then a whirlwind will come take you past it. You know, it was all this crazy shit that you were never going to figure out on your own. I think that one with the red crystal and the tornado and just hitting down on the control pad for 10 seconds in place. How's a kid going to figure that out? I found that out in some Nintendo secrets book or whatever. So right, I could finally right. get on past it, but I beat the game and I got to be where I would, I used to love to play it straight through and see how fast I could do it. And it would still take hours, but I can remember several Saturday afternoons where after American gladiators or whatever went off or whatever, I happened to be watching WWF superstars at the time, you know, you get a drink and a snack and be like, I'll see y'all later. I'm going to go beat a video game. And I would just hammer down on that thing until I was past <laughs> it. And it has so much replayability to me anyway. When we first got a Nintendo Wii for the kids years ago, I bought and downloaded that game instantly so I could play it again. And uh, every time I pull out the emulator and play on the computer, I always play some Simon's Quest, even if it's only for 10 minutes, just to get that, ah, there we go. Now let's go on and play something else, feeling out of the way. I've never played it. Uh, I was not connected at all with the Castlevania. And there's only two Nintendo games that I can remember that scared me. Like, <laughs> where the lead character was like some, you know, Castlevania was one. I remember my friend Tim had the first one. And when he got to Dracula, I was like freaking out. You know, I'm like, he's on the screen. Look out. The other one was Friday the 13th. You know, when you get mm. to Jason... <laughs> And just it would slaughter you. And I don't know. It, it kind of scared me as a kid. But maybe that had some impact on me not trying to get uh, or not playing, you know, some of the sequels. How many did it have three sequels or three games? Well, Castlevania? Had, yeah, you had Castlevania. Then you had two and three. And then they had Super Castlevania when Super Nintendo launched, okay. which is an awesome game, by the way. And Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse for Nintendo is an awesome game. Yeah. I just, I guess for all the factors I mentioned about me buying it, I put Castlevania 2 ahead of it, but Castlevania 3 probably has the better gameplay. And it's like Super Mario Brothers 2, where you can be different characters. Oh, fun. In, in Castlevania 3, you've got like three different choices. One is a pirate, one is a whatever, and you can change throughout the course of the game, depending on oh. what kind of abilities you need. So you yeah. can like swap in... in he can transform in, in midstream there. And uh, 
yeah, it, it's really fun. It's a lot of levels. They bring back a lot of classic monsters for that, like Cyclops is a is a level boss and stuff. And it, well, it's hard to say levels because the game really don't feel like it has levels. It feels like it's almost a free range mm-hmm. game, but you just at certain points you encounter a real big bad, and you're like, oh, son of a gun, <laughs> where did he come from? Yeah, it sounds a lot like. Uh the turtles, the original turtles game yeah. where you can change them out and mm-hmm. y- you know, you get areas where you can go into different buildings and you get in the van and you go across the river and go to this and that. And yeah, I, that's one franchise I really need to connect with or, or at least, you know, start playing and, and see what it's like. Cause I mean, there's a lot of game. I mean, I don't know how many Nintendo games are in the overall library, but there's a lot I haven't played just because I was so hooked on certain, certain ones that I'd always go back to. Well, that's the beauty these days. Like I said, you can download an emulator and you can get ROMs for whatever you want and try these games. It's beautiful. Yeah. You've got to have the right controller though. I mean, you've got to have, like you were saying earlier in the, (laughs) in our uh, in-between segment there about having a Nintendo controller that's got a USB on the end so you can plug into a computer. Which I have and it is beautiful. Because my number two pick, I actually just attempted to play on my son's Switch. And no, let me tell you, I I need a Nintendo controller to play the game. Because it just does not work that way. Uh, My number two pick, uh, I don't know. Out of all of them uh, uh, that I've played over the years, it's probably the most. Even more than my number one. But um, I just loved uh, the movements and the abilities the characters have. Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, mm. is my number two. Uh, and obviously, you know, Double Dragon was great in its own right. Even the arcade game, I remember pumping quarter after quarter into that. When Double Dragon 2 hit on the Nintendo, it just was, to me, miles ahead even of the original Double Dragon because the controls, it, it changed. So, like, whatever way you were facing on the screen, it wasn't always A as your punch and B as your kick, whatever. Once he flipped, then your controls flipped, too. So, if you're going right and your punch was A, if you go left, your punch is B. Oh, and wow. it, it's it's the setup was so great. And the, the combination of moves that you can do, your jump was pressing both buttons. And if you jumped and then hit the uh, the side that you're jumping to, like the A button again, you do this hurricane kick that was just, just could smash people with it. Hmm. And then it had this other unique thing where once you jump and you come down, you're on a knee. And if you're immediately hitting your punch button there, he's doing this huge uppercut punch or you get on the knee and you hit both buttons and he does this knee that would fly the character across the screen. Mm. Uh, Just so many different weapons in your arsenal with the thing. And plus you could still do the headlock and punch them, throw them, you know, and, and, and like the uh, original double dragon, but it was so great. I tried to play it on the switch. Couldn't do it. The, the the buttons were too far apart. Couldn't get my jumping together. And there's certain uh, stages in Double Dragon where you've got these conveyor belts. Uh, there's this uh, other place where you've, it's basically more skill than trying to punch your way to get to the end of the stage. You're mm-hmm. trying to jump on these conveyor belts and jump from platform to platform and not die. And <laughs> 
so there's there's just more than just kind of punching your way through but oh gosh it it's like it was just so much fun and you could with two players was was really great and it got to the point where i had to like even on the master level i can't remember what the the hardest level is it seems even harder when you've got two people because there's just more people coming at you <laughs> than you would with one but I, I could still beat it on the hard level by myself and I, I just love it. It's, it's probably other than my number one here, it's the, like one B, you know, it's, it was so great. Uh, did you get into the double dragon series at all? I remember borrowing the original double dragon and playing it and liking it, but I don't remember. I may have played double dragon too, but I just don't have the memory of what you're saying about the, the controls swapping. So maybe mm-hmm. I didn't play it. Cause that's something I would probably remember. One stage you're in a helicopter and you're <laughs> the, my goal was always, there's a door that would open just at, at random and you, it would kind of suck you towards the door. Like you're going to fly <laughs> out of the helicopter. And it was always my goal to like, try to get somebody in a headlock. And then that door would open and you'd throw them towards the door. So they'd fall out. <laughs> but <laughs> it just had crazy. Accomplish that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But um, there's just so many, the, the stages were great and it was kind of dumb. Like you couldn't go in the water. I mean, you lose a life if you <laughs> go in water uh, and there's little tricky, little quirky things about the game, but uh, the characters that would come at you were, some of them were like double your size, you know, and you had these guys that would throw grenades. They would also throw these like sticks of dynamite that would just engulf everything around it after, you know, like a, little countdown period. Uh, so like the weapons were fun too, that you could use during the game. And, uh, I just love it. Love it so much. And one of the, my favorite stages towards the end, you actually face yourself. It's like a Ooh. mirror image of you. And it's, it's pretty hard. I mean, the end guy is really hard. Cause he does this little spinning thing with his arms. That's like a cyclone from masters of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you kind of face yourself, and of course, you're going after your girl. You got to rescue the girl. So, just a classic story and game. I love Double Dragon 2. Well, I've got to guess at what your number one is, but I'll wait until <laughs> you tell me, and I'll okay. tell you if I was right or not. But my number one was the first game I got for the Nintendo. It was the second game I ever played for Nintendo, and that was Pro Wrestling. And I talk about this mm-hmm. in that article, how I fell in love with with nintendo tim had got that nintendo and i went over and we played super mario brothers my uncle said oh you need to come play it and like we said i'm being luigi tim's playing for 10 20 30 minutes and i get a turn and i die in 30 seconds and he's like want me to come back the next day and i'm like ah you know it's right. i just had to do a lot of watching it wasn't funny he's like well i got pro wrestling I'm like wait 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 what because me and him were both <laughs> huge into wrestling at the time. So I go over there and he's got pro wrestling and we play at the same time. We played that game for had to be 12 to 16 hours straight that day. And then every day was the same after that. It was limited. I mean, the move sets were cool. All the different wrestlers on the game had different move sets. They all had some basic ones that were alike, but they all had their own special moves and you could fight outside the ring. And it, it was for that era. It was a great, rendition of pro wrestling the only thing i i knock it for is the lack of characters i think there were seven wrestlers that you could be including Starman and fighter hayabusa 
what was it, the Amazon <laughs> killer or, or Ken Corn Karn, uh, King Slender and Giant Panther. I was a King Slender guy because he looked the most like Ric Flair. So I was always, but I didn't like his backbreaker <laughs> as a finisher. So I would do the backbreaker finisher, but then I'd pick him up and give him a pile driver as my personal finisher of choice <laughs> instead of the backbreaker. Yeah. But we would play that game. We would play all these different matchups and, oh, we would just wear that game out. And then I, when I got my Nintendo, that was the first game I looked for at Hills at night and found it and got it. And I can remember the feeling of satisfaction and joy when we got the Nintendo hooked up and we put that in and it flashed up onto the screen with that bell going ding. You know, I was like, oh my goodness, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, my rich friend had had pro wrestling, had WrestleMania. I think we played WrestleMania more for Nintendo. And on my Sega, I had a pro wrestling game that was mainly tag teams, which was still fun because you still had your different finishers and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love wrestling games too. They were They were really fun. Didn't make my list, but uh, or even really in my honorable mentions, just because I didn't play it likely as often as you did. Well, you know, my, most of my pick there is nostalgia. Is the first game I fell in love with. Is the right. first game I owned. It was in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, not not. It's not on my favorite list because it was a great game. It's on my favorite list because of the nostalgia and the way I feel about it. So, mm-hmm. all right, you probably know what my number one is. You want me to try to guess it? Go for it. Contra. Yep. There we go. <laughs> I, I did uh, give you a hint a while back about those Contra figures, uh, the the pop figures coming and mm-hmm. the ones uh, we mentioned uh, when we did our, you know, what's our in our collection, those Contra figures I bought not from to, NECA. Not to mention I read Rediscover the 80s for years before we started doing <laughs> the Retro <laughs> Network. <laughs> right. I've written about Contra a couple of times and uh, – yeah, if there was an Olympic sport that was uh, video games, uh, and, and Contra in particular, yeah, I would definitely want to enter that. But I remember the first time I ever played it, it was uh, Little League, so probably 88 or 89. Went over to my teammate's house after like practice or something, and my uh, neighborhood friend Tim, his grandparents actually lived like across the street from uh, this other our teammate's house, and Tim and I played on the same Little League team. Anyway, the three of us were over, and I, I remember watching that, and then he knew the code. He knew the Konami code. I was like, what? What? You can... There's like a secret code? It was like the first game I remember being like a, a code that you could do at the beginning of the game or something to, yeah. you know. And let me pipe in here. I remember when that code came to our school. The word spread like wildfire. And you're like, no, that's a joke. This has got to be a hoax, right? Because we're all at school. You can't right. go test it. <laughs> Not till you get home. <laughs> and it's the topic of conversation all day. I mean, it's just spreading like crazy. People are like, no way. No, Billy just made that up. Billy's a liar. It's like, I don't know. I'm writing yeah. it down just in right. case. <laughs> it was a it, news event at our school that day when somebody brought the code in. Yeah. It, it was probably the the only time you didn't need a like a Nintendo Power or something because just the word of mouth around the Konami code it was mm-hmm. like you said it like spread like wildfire. <laughs> so when we went over and we started playing, and you know we would take turns actually on the second player, me and Tim with the 
our, our friend Mike's uh, there. He was always the, the first player, but it was just so much fun. But it was it was difficult, man. It's it's a hard game if you don't have those 30 lives <laughs> at, the, yep. at the beginning. And just the so you got all the the traditional kind of platform gaming, you know, moving to the right. And it was just fun, you know, the different guns you can get. Obviously, we always try to get the spread. And when you lose the spread, you're like, oh, I'm screwed. I hated the spread gun. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What, I was a machine gun one? man. Well, that was the, like the rapid fire, you know, yeah. you could just hold down. And, yeah, I mean, you could, you could do some killing like that. But it was all about the spread for us. So when you'd lose that, it was like, wow. But then, you know, the in-between stages where you're shooting straight ahead and you're trying to get through the, the those, uh, I think there's two of them, two stages where you're trying to shoot those targets and, mm-hmm. and advance forward. Those were even fun, too. That was unlike anything else that I've ever, ever played at that time, you know, on a video game, moving yeah. straight forward. So that was unique that you had, like, little breaks in between levels. And then it got to the point now where I don't even want to enter the code. I want to try to beat it with those three lives you get at the beginning. <laughs> and I've, I'm able to do it, but it, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I'll have to you know, take a couple tries to get through the game. But it, it's just one of those games where you've got everything. I, I can tell you where every gun is, where every little guy is going to pop up. And it's mostly memorized <laughs> at this point because I've played it so much. But... <laughs> Contraman. It was just fun. It's just a running gun. You know, there's no thinking. It's just shoot. Just keep shooting. And mm-hmm. you know, those kind of mindless games were probably more where I uh, enjoyed than uh, some of the other ones. But Contra is my number one. The uh, one of the big argument starters. Tim and I used to play that too. Is if one of us would run out of thirty lives, would you? you yeah. You could steal some from the other one. No, no. Wait, just wait. Just wait. I'm down to 10, you know. All right, now go. Or you get to a point where in the... Yeah, don't do it now, dude, because there's like people everywhere, and you're just going to waste it. Stop wasting my lives. Yeah. So you got to get to the point where there's no... You're in kind of an in-between stage or a a safe place where you could do it, because sometimes he'd take a life, and then you're on this little skinny platform somewhere, and, you, and mm-hmm. you're just screwed. <laughs> you're just yeah. wasting them. Don't take my lives. <laughs> yeah, that was the cool part. You could just steal them. And, yeah. You know, on that first jungle, or not the first jungle, but the first level after the first straight ahead thing, where you're uh-huh. where you're going up the whole time. If you're playing two player and somebody got a little far down the screen, if they touched the bottom of the screen, they died. <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid for one thing, <laughs> right? but I yeah. guess it, the screen had to keep moving. But if you would steal a life there, you would spawn onto the screen usually right just before you got caught by the bottom and instantly die again. Right. Right. And so you had to be careful. Yeah. We would be mad at each other. You know, we're just like getting destroyed and we're losing all these lives. That was always fun. I'd get pissed at him and I'd start stealing lives and coming in and instantly dying on that screen. He's like, stop it. Stop it. It's like, you're not going to win it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we would try to work out all this stuff when you'd get to the final bosses. He's like, I'm going to work on the, on killing it. You, you work on keeping all the stuff at shooting from killing me. Yeah. You know? I'm like, you screw you. I'm going to kill it. You do it. Yeah. 
you keep the scorpions away and let me get the heart. You know, I want to kill yeah. it. Yeah. It was always at that point, all the rules were out. When, once you got to the final stage and you're at the heart, mm-hmm. you, all of us wanted to kill it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I want to be the one that gives it that final blow. So there's no strategy at that point. Just start shooting at the heart. Yeah. Uh, gosh, <laughs> love the game. Love the yeah, game. All it right. Awesome. Well, uh, there's our lists. Let's get into some feedback. We've got a lot of feedback to get through. And uh, we really appreciate everybody chiming in this week. And there's some in here that I have just never heard of, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, let's hit them uh, in rapid fire succession here, and I'll see if I go. can fill you in on some you hadn't heard. Okay. At Earth to Mike, Contra, Ghosts and Goblins, and Tecmo Super Bowl. Mm. Three solid picks right there. Yep. Ghost and Goblins, I remember playing more in the arcade versus uh, NES. But Tecmo Super Bowl, you know, that stands on its own <laughs> uh, as a just an awesome game. Make sure you, you're the L.A. Raiders. Uh, at Charlton underscore hero. To this day, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and Contra are still played in our household. Pro Wrestling was the first NES card I ever played, Ooh. while Zelda 2 is my guiltiest retro gaming pleasure. All great choices as well. Yeah. I, and this is another, I don't know, geek confession, whatever. I've never played Zelda 2. Never. I've played the original Zelda. Mm -hmm. Never got past that. And that was the one that my friend Tim had. But I've never got into the Zelda world like I know some people have. Uh, Nathan Grantham at uh, L-E-W-P-H-E-3. Metroid, Zelda, Baseball Stars, and Mario 3 mm. was his choices. Baseball Stars. I'm not familiar with that one. I played a lot of Bases Loaded, uh, RBI Baseball, but I don't know what Baseball Stars is. I don't know what that is either. And Metroid is one that I have just never connected with me either. It was more, I was at a friend's house, they had it, played it a little bit, and that's it. J.L. Amastis at Shade of Jeremy. My favorites include Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Little Nemo and Slumberland, Micro Machines, 7-Up Spot, and Battle Chess. Mm. I like Battle Chess. I never played that one. That was pretty cool where you would move to a square that you were going to take a piece and the piece would come alive and murder the piece you were taking the square <laughs> of. Nice. Okay. Well, it would like... Uh, they would battle it out. So like if you had a bishop taking a, a pawn or something, they would like battle it out a little bit before the bishop defeated the pawn. It was an uh-huh. animated thing. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I remember he's seven up spot in Micro Machines, those being some of my trade in games, playing those and that was about it. Uh have not never played Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, and Little Nemo. Well, Chippendale was a big favorite for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I never played it. Crooked Ninja Turtle at Crooked Ninja. I mean, come on, the cover sells. And he posted a cover of the Turtles 2 arcade game. Mm. That was a fun one. Uh, Mainly played that in the arcade, (laughs) not on NES. Brian Cave at Old School Evil. Castlevania all the way. Any of the three. Oh, good choices. Uh, Eric Vardaman at Eric underscore Vardaman. Double Dribble. I remember Mm -hmm. a lot of battles with Double Dribble. And both Tecmo Bowl games. Stacy uh, 
Geeky Vixen chimed in. I love Double Dribble. I never played much Tecmo Ball as a kid, but I played it with my husband on the NES Classic. I'm surprisingly good at it, much to his chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Paxton Holly chimed in, too. Double Dribble was awesome. Great call. Also loved Tecmo NBA Basketball. Ooh. I had that. I had Tecmo NBA Basketball, and that had the real players and everything. It was fun, and we went back and forth on keeping, actually, stats in a notebook. <laughs> oh, wow. We went that far with it, yeah. Uh, back to Stacy. My favorite, the game that I've played through probably 30 times, and the game that is probably still my top three video games of all time is Zelda Two: The Avengers of Link. It's so hard, but so satisfying to beat, even today. And the music is still the best of any game. Jeff, at Pilot Jeff. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Paperboy, Mario 2, and Cabal. Cabal was one of those very few games my dad ever played, and together we beat the game one night. One of the best memories growing up. Another that just popped in my head just now, a terrible game, but a treasured birthday gift. <laughs> the Adventures of Rad Gravity. I had not heard of Never this one. Never heard of that one, no. That's got a great cover, though. Wow. Uh, buddy Adam at Hoju Coolander. These are my top three. All different gameplay styles, but endless replayability after 30 years. Double Dragon, Super Mario 2, and TNC Surf Designs, Wooden Water Rage. Uh, that one that has come up. kind of familiar to me. I may have played that. Yeah, that one uh, comes up here a couple times. Sean Robert, I adored Section Z for the design and aesthetic. Loved the gameplay of Life Force, but all told, Super Mario 2 was my jam. I dug the first, but it was... Only fun for me when getting the 100 lives. I wanted to love TNC Wooden Water Rage. Hot take, Zelda 2 is better than Zelda 1. Yeah, I think so too. Add Bloody Popcorn. My favorite memories include these four. Super Mario 3, Bart versus the Space Mutants. Ooh. I remember playing that. DuckTales and Roger Rabbit. Specifically, Roger Rabbit It was hard as hell and I never beat it, but I sure did love driving Benny the Cab around town. <laughs> Uh, Ben Royer at batfan.com. You never forget your first, and this was mine. That was uh, Super Mario Brothers. Punch Out and Mario 2 follow closely behind. Punch <laughs> Out, we haven't talked about Punch Out, man. That was uh, that was a big one for me. Yep, didn't quite make the top five at Paxton. Nah, it'll Holly. be on the next episode we do with these, oh, yeah. though, I'm sure. Obviously, the big ones for this is for Paxton Holly, Super Mario, Tyson's Punch Out, personal favorites, RC Pro Am. Love mm -hmm. that one. Mm -hmm. Kid Icarus and Tecmo Super Bowl. RC Pro Am was the pre generator to Mario Kart. It was fun and fast, and we used to have full on tournaments called the Badass Bowl <laughs> <laughs> of Tecmo Super Bowl in college. Things got pretty heated. Uh, turtle fan forever at 20 years before with underscores. I am going to have to go with some sentimental favorites, including super Mario two, the turtles two, Solomon's key and double dribble, uh, at Crean Stonegate, dragon warrior, super Mario three, final fantasy and Zelda two Metroid bionic commando and the game genie. We haven't talked about the game genie. That was a game changer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, very big game changer. <laughs> there was an account at Tecmo Bowl versus RBI, which he obviously picked Tecmo Bowl and RBI Baseball. Uh, Derek McKnight at Derek McKnight 1. Contra, Mega Man, and Gyromite. 
Mega Man is another series that I haven't really got into. I remember playing the first couple and being like, oh, okay. But I've never got into it like some people have. Uh, Lamar Revenger. My top four NES games. Mario 2. I don't even know how to say this one. X-E-X-Y-Z. X-E-X-Y-Z. I have no idea. I have no idea what that one is. Gremlins 2 and Gauntlet. Super Mario 2 was the first game I ever beat. I love that more than 1 and 3. Hmm. Sean Pitt at One Pins Fan. Bionic Commando. Oh, that, that was, was a hard game. Yeah. It was fun. And Vic Sage at Vic Sage 2005. Going with Mega Man 2. And for two odd choices, Mission Impossible and Nightshade. Hmm. I don't think I've I ever played Mission, either of these two. I had Mission Impossible. I couldn't really figure it out. That was a hard game. So, yeah. So, that's the picks there. From our uh, listeners, man, a lot of great games in there. I could do a list of just sports games, definitely, and racing games. So maybe we'll go down one of those uh, trails when this comes up again. But thanks, everybody, for the feedback. This was great. It's always interesting to hear what other people enjoyed. That, yeah. Like some of those games that they mentioned that we had never heard of. You just wonder how we missed that stuff and just yeah. different upbringings. Well, it's, it's funny, too, like, many times that Super Mario 2 came up as a favorite. Mm-hmm. Would not have thought that, you know. Um, it's just different from the rest, and maybe that was just why a lot more people connected with it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. great choices there. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.